I'm Kevin O'Coin. And I'm Brian Ackley. This is Life in the Rough, the podcast, baby. Yeah, it is. Back in a new year. New episode, new year. Back to work. It's just back to the grind, baby. Absolutely. You know, 2024 is already feeling good. It's already feeling good. I Good vibes? I, great vibes. Um, st- already started thinking about fantasy golf. Um Ooh which we're going to get that ramping up again. Um, already set up a test league on fan tracks just to see, um, you know, what we're looking at. A little bit of a structure change in the league. The, the right. uh, automated draft is actually scheduled for this exact minute. So in a second, I can give you a, an idea of where the bullshit uh, rankings that they provide would would have players drafted. But Outside yep. of that, man, been sucking at virtual golf. Um, and oh no, really? We had some we had some issues. We're, we're going to get to it. Um, but been working on the game at home. I uh, got the the putting nice. mat rolled out to nine feet, and um, just working on things whenever I can. Um, but you know, we're now in January, New Year, only four months until I can start logging rounds. So it's time to put the fucking work in. Hell yeah. Yeah. Now, now's the time to log it. Um, I also have been doing a lot of putting, obviously been in the lab at the simulator. Um, I completely forgot when I signed up for the monthly membership for the simulator, I completely forgot that the kid told me he's like, Hey, by the way, it auto renews. So if you don't want to renew it, um, just let us know at the end of the month and we won't renew it. And I completely forgot about that. And it renewed yesterday. And I was like, gonna call and try to like challenge it or whatever. And I'm like, Honestly, like knowing me, I'm going to go at least four or five times this month anyway. So I'm like, I'll just fucking, I'll just keep grinding through the month of January. So I'll, uh, I'm going to talk to them when I go back in and be like, Hey, let's, uh, let's, let's not renew this for February, but, um, I've already been once in January, so we're, we're ready to go. Well, there you go. Um, I, it's, it's, that's kind of unfortunate that, um, it auto renews on you. I mean, I understand they told you, but like you could then say, um, but I, I, I don't so, know. Like, Hey, how about don't charge? Like what, what yeah. the fuck? Like, well, I will say, I, I bet if I called them and was like, Hey, like this, I didn't want this to auto renew. They would probably just refund me and it wouldn't be a big deal. But I was like, fuck it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep going. <laughs> you'd like to, you'd like to think that for sure. Um, yeah. all right. Well, actually put the, uh, didn't put a draft order in. So the draft never happened. So the next draft will take place in three minutes, but oh, the commissioner is not the problem, not the platform or the commissioner is the problem, not the platform. This is a test environment. Okay. This is a test environment. Okay. This isn't supposed okay. to run smoothly. Um, okay. so what do you want to get into first? What, what, I mean, well, we first we, we also have the first, um elevated tournament of the 2024 PGA season which is is the century an elevated event oh yeah 20 million dollar purse baby oh and that's this weekend yep field of I'm going to have to look at some picks are we, are we starting are we starting litter picks or what what's I going think, on well i kind of throwing me on the spot right now i mean we we we, we can look into that for sure um, you know, one thing 
that I, well, actually with two people, I don't know if it's that great of an idea. What I am excited for is another league that I'm in. It's a one and done league. Kevin, I would like you to participate yeah. in this as well. Um, okay. Or at least fake participate. So you put in a player and we can battle throughout I'd be down. the season. Um, yeah. um, 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 all right. I'll look at some picks later on. But yes, the century is tournament number one. Uh, for the elevated events this year, uh, very excited about the um, the elevated schedule. To be honest, um, we also have Pebble Beach coming at the beginning of February. That's going to be our first um, fantasy golf event. Typically, we start at the WM, but um, WM is not elevated, and since Pebble Beach is, why not kick it off a week early? You know, no one's watching the fucking Pro Bowl, anyways. So, figure. Yeah. Might as well um, get it started with Pebble Beach. And uh, that's number one. Then there's Genesis, the API, the players. Um, the Masters. Wait, the Pebble Beach Pro-Am tournament? Is that the is that the one that's the elevated event? Yeah. That's so weird to me, dude. I think that's like such an odd format for like an actual legit PGA tournament, you know? Well, because it's at three different golf courses. Well, that and because there's also like the pro-am aspect of it too, you know? Yeah, that's done Saturday though, I'm pretty sure. I don't think the pro-am goes into Sunday. But either way, like it's part of like the the first three days at least. I, I actually I don't know if that's true or not. You you might know better than I would on that. Um, but it's still like an added Hey, yeah, like the three. I don't mind like the three courses Um, because don't they do that at the Farmers too with Tory? Don't they do both courses? They do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I kind of like that, actually. I, I prefer it. I think two courses is better than three just so you can have like two. Everybody plays the same two courses. Then there's the cut. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, And I don't remember exactly what they do at Pebble. I think there actually might be a cut after Saturday. Do you remember? Um, to be honest, where I'm struggling is to remember what the field sizes were and what, like, what what are the? I, I know what the elevated events are. I know like what tournaments they are, and I can go through. Yeah, them. but what are the? All right, here we go. Notable changes um, include only three signature events with thirty six hole cuts. Um, <clears throat> so oh yeah so that's one of the reasons the field this week is so small there's a field of 59 players so eligibility for the signature events includes top 50 uh finishers from the 20 from last year's fedex season the next 10 in are the top 10 in that year's fedex standings and then there's five from another category so um top 30 uh players in the world will already be there um, yeah. So no cuts will be made at the Century, Pebble Beach, uh, RBC Heritage, Wells Fargo, or the Travelers, as well as the three FedEx Cup playoff events. So the reason there's no cuts is because the fields are going to be so small. Right. So the Century, up until last year, you only got in that if you won a tournament the year prior. So that's changed for this year, right? Yeah. Um, well, no, so that's, they should... the, that's the, uh, I thought that was the hero. No. Well, the hero is a small, hero is like an invite only type situation, I think. No, Century is the one at, 
Kapalua, right? Well, and it was always like well, the yeah, people but that. Here's here's my thing though. Like you can't sixty people didn't win last year, so it wouldn't be a tournament of just people who won. You know. No, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Um, I, I think last year, like up until last year, that's how it was. It was always just like who, if you won a tournament the year prior, you qualified. But there also, I don't remember if there was like an additional um, way to qualify or not. Um. Yeah, I actually do not know, and I wish I did. I apologize. Um, okay. So, so we've got a bunch of no cut events coming up, which is <coughs> interesting. I I just don't love where golf is going. But what am I supposed to do? Like they've already made these fucking changes. Like, um, yeah. And the funny thing is, too, like in the moment while you're like. Like on a Sunday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, while I'm sitting on my couch watching golf, like it's going to be the exact fucking same thing. Like oh, I'm not going to, sure. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I completely do. Um, so one of the things that we're going to do differently this year, obviously, I had to change the payouts for fantasy because we're not going to have as yeah. many people playing. Um, one of the things though I thought was a good idea is to make the elevated events and the majors worth the same, because. What I found last year is that with th these with the influx of live players only playing yep. in majors, it really could be a detriment to your team if you were like, oh, I'm going to go draft these live players with my first couple picks. We don't need to do that. Um, mm -hmm. it, I'm just trying to put an emphasis on John Rahm is certainly not going to be more valuable than Patrick Cantlay. Right. Um, and I think I was putting an emphasis on majors prior just because everyone kind of does, but I feel like we already have enough going on that I had too many different types of payouts. Um, like I had fucking nine categories of different things to payouts before standings. So I was like, let's just simplify this, um, and dumb it down a little bit. So we'll see how the draft goes. Um, not Can we eliminate live players from our league? Well, I, I mean, we could. Yeah, I mean, we could. Um, I mean, I guess if you're... I'm trying to think of a reason to say no to that, but I also think that that also solves the problem of... I think in the back of everyone's head is they'd be like, no... I'm smart enough to pick that person late and still have a good team. Like it, I feel like yeah. it'd still be about strategy. People would want the players involved. Um, yeah. Cause they're not as sharp as you, as me, you and me, no one, knowing the, uh, yeah. The underdogs to, to pick up. Um, but that's a really, you know, I don't know how I didn't think of that. Well, let's not go there. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Well, so Kev, this is what I love about one. This is our time. Well, I love that. We're brainstorming yeah. here. Um, the wheels are turning and we've got time to figure this out. The century is this weekend and we're very excited about that. But Pebble Beach doesn't Can't start continue. until the first week end in February, February 1st. I think it kicks off the Thursday. Um, so we're going to start earlier than normal this year. Then. One week. Oh, no. One week. One week early. Okay, so I was thinking we started the first week of March last year, but that's obviously incorrect. 
No, we we did the W. We've started on the WM for the past three years that we've done it. Um, and they actually also got rid of the Zurich. Um, so that that team, uh, that two man team, that's not going on this year. So we'll actually play 28 events instead of 26 events. The only break that cool. we'll have is during the Olympics. Oh, oh, the Olympics are this year? Yep. The Olympics are. How do you, how do you qualify? It's a great question. Like as a as a US player. Uh I don't know. I you know, if I was like number if I was like Scotty Chef where I'd be like, fuck you, I don't need to qualify. I'm literally the best player in the world or in America. Yeah, he'll probably be probably, I, it's like what do, do we send like three people, I think it is. I mean, I didn't I to be honest, I don't remember. I, I remember feeling like yeah. that when Xander won. It was Xander who won the medal, right? The gold? Yeah. Yeah. I just remember being like, well, I mean, that's cool, but like, what, what uh, is it? The like top... a 15 player field? Like, yeah, I got it here. It is the top 15 world ranked players will be eligible for the Olympics with a limit of four players from any given country. Um, beyond the top 15, players will be eligible based on the world rankings with a maximum of two eligible players from each country that does not already have two or more players among the top 15. Um, that was kind of confusing, but I guess that was just some I mean, it's a, guaranteed, it's a guaranteed way to have a big name be the one winning. Um, I just, to yeah. be honest, I never thought that Amer- uh, that golf belonged in the Olympics. Um, that's not shitting on golf. I love golf. It's just that it's already played on a world level. And I when think- there is a bigger event than the Olympics for a sport, I feel like it shouldn't be in the Olympics. So, like football, I think soccer is even an example. Football is a football is a good one, but like even like basketball, for example, like I think like Agreed. winning like an NBA title is like bigger than winning the Olympics. Because like the even best- soccer, like World Cup's bigger than the Olympics, isn't it? I guess they're kind of. Their soccer's tough because there's so many fucking divisions and leagues. And to and me personally, I would have a tough time telling you that besides that you're playing for your country, the different, like the main difference between like the world cup and the Olympics and like how long yeah. they last. I, I, I don't know. I understand they're different. They're different tournaments, right. but, um, and Mikey, I might get crushed in the comments for that. Um, but I, I'm just not a soccer guy. Um, I think it's more difficult with soccer, but I, I completely agree with you. You're you're not as interested if you're not as interested in the Olympic product as you are the normal product, then it's not going to be it's not going to be good. Yeah, and, you- and I think soccer was probably a bad example for me to give because soccer is much more of like an international sport where like different countries compete. But like, I think football uh, is a great example. Football, no, like, like yeah, it, they no they keep talking about this flag football league. First of all, either we're going to get smoked by Ghana and Brazil and it'll never be it never be yeah. a match or we'll just beat every team 200 to nothing cuz they can't guard Justin Jefferson. Or or yeah. C, they're not going to fucking play in the Olympics because they only risk injury, they don't get paid or they might get like 50 grand for a gold medal. Like they, their options are like, well, I've got to deal with Nike. Could right. get a gold medal. Yeah. In my I don't, I don't know. eight-year I, I, career, I, like maybe you'd see 
retired professional athletes do that. Like, uh, yeah, I yeah, just it's, it's retired almost, people that are the, not working. Isn't there like it. a three versus three, like, professional basketball league out there it's kind of like similar to that type of concept right i i i know what you're talking about i don't know if it's still on i've definitely seen it or reruns of it but yeah you look and you're like holy fuck is that jermaine o'neal and you're like yeah. these guys are i mean not necessarily as jermaine o'neal but some washed up old uh basketball players and you, you just look at it, you're like damn does he really need that fucking check like that it sucks like that's really unfortunate that that's what you have to do after making millions but um yeah i, I just think like the thing with the olympics is like it's the pinnacle for like every other sport that's in it like because fencing, they're not for, big like sports. what else are sensing people doing other than looking forward to the olympics every four years exact, you know like, exactly it's the pinnacle of their sport because nobody else watches it I think right. that's the criteria for the Olympics. If yeah. during the rest of the year, nobody's watching it, then it's a perfect, perfect opportunity for you to showcase that at the Olympics. 100%. Like hey. curling? Curling has taken off over the years in rich communities um, because of the Olympics. I still kind of... I, the, the team that won the curling for the U.S., I'm pretty sure is from like around where I live here in like upstate New York or somewhere in upstate New York. Oh, shucks. I would have thought they were from Minnesota. Eh? No, 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 man. They're from, I think they're from New York, but there's like a ton of like curling clubs around here and like, not in like rich community. I think it's just probably just because we grew up in like the North, but well, uh, you're I'm also sure. kind, not like, not necessarily like you're in a super rural area, but like in a big fucking state, like you're going to have, like, I'm sure there are a lot of prisons. If, uh, if you looked on a map, zoomed out a little bit. Probably. Um, I try not to go near them, but yeah. yeah well, true that. Um, yeah. All right. So we took a huge detour, but yes, we will have a slight break um, in our fantasy golf league at the end of July for the Olympics. Okay. So okay. an intermission. That, yeah. So we'll have 14 major slash elevated events. I, I guess okay. I'll just call them elevated events because they're, they're, they pay the same. 14 yeah. elevated events, 14 non-elevated events. So it's it's um, even across the board. The reason I thought that was also important is because FedEx Cup points are not the same for elevated and non-elevated events. So I thought it would be good to have the same amount just yeah. to keep it uh, okay. across the board. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we've got 28 events. I am I'm looking forward to it. Something else I'm tinkering with right now. I'll I'll just I'll share it. And that's why I, I did put up this test environment. I'm gonna check out how it goes. I upped the roster size. Now I I uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, Kevin. So last year we had six starters and five people on our bench. So we had eleven people on our team. I'm pretty sure it was mm-hmm. six. Yeah, people. I think you're right. Uh, and so this year, what are so in my test environment, what I did, I added another starter spot. So start seven guys, up to seven guys if you want. I, I you know how it goes. If you got two regulars yeah. and no one else, you can still win. Um yeah. starter size went up to seven, and then I gave an additional bench spot too. So 13 total spots on your team, seven of them are for your starters um now let's go see let's just do a little uh oh oh here we go we've got the draft results 
Um, this is why this is stupid. I think that if anything, I would I would vote for less roster size. I knew you would because you're scared. But we need more roster spots. No, because I think as it is, there's like no transactions. Like it's everybody like has a draft and like people don't really make that many moves. And I think it's because like you have a decent enough roster or a deep enough roster that you don't have to make a ton of moves or or there's just nobody out there. Like, I think it would be more interesting if like we had three bench spots and then you had to be like making moves, trades, that kind of thing. But I I also think it went so well last year. Trades are different. Um. I, I don't really know how to speak to trades. I mean, that it's yeah. super I'm really more specific. thinking of like waiver wire transactions than anything. But. Yeah. And I, I think where I would go with that is I don't think golf is a waiver wire sport. Like it's, there aren't that many players that you would want to roster and they weren't the players that weren't, aren't going to be drafted are not going to be drafted for a reason. No, I guess what I'm saying is like on a week to week basis to fill out your starting lineup, just because like all these guys don't start every week. So like there's going to be a lot more strategy in play where you're like, do I want to start a full six, six man roster or do I want to start five and not drop this guy because they're going to be starting next week? Like, I think there's more like decisions to be made. But when you have all those bench spots, you have less of that. No, yeah, definitely. But I don't think someone should have to drop like in my first five picks last year, Ricky Fowler was my fifth pick or Keegan Bradley or something like that. You shouldn't have to drop a player of that caliber at any point in any league. Like they, a lot of leagues have like players that can't be dropped. Like, I don't think, yeah, I don't I think, think it causes more chaos in a league to, because I'm in a fantasy football league where you only have four bench spots and Same. you'll see the wildest shit. Or you'll just see teams take zeros. And I didn't like it. Oh, okay. See, I kind of like it. Well, luckily I run the league. But also, yeah, I guess that's the thing, though. Like, I I think I only like it in my fantasy football league because my other league is the exact contrast. Like, I have six bench spots with like multiple IR spot. Like it's like, oh, yeah, I've got one with way too many. It's like fucking eight bench spots and two IR. Yeah. Everyone gets drafted, but the difference right. in football and baseball and basketball and hockey, I would assume I only played football is that players get hurt or players change roles. Like for the most part, Cameron young is going to be the Cameron young. Like th- th- there's nothing going to change with Cameron young. Like uh, the most rare there's thing- backups. I think that's the thing. It, like there's like, if you're not playing, like there's like there's teams, like there's depth, there's that kind of thing. Like in golf, there's not that, right? Right. Um, so this draft was just stupid to begin with because the first overall pick was Eric Cole. So um that was solid. Um Sick. Luke List went number three, Hostler four, more five. Yeah, this is dumb. This is they might just know... based on the tournaments that they've already played from November till now that like nobody else is. Yeah, playing. that's that. And that's how it goes every year. And that's why everyone's like, what the fuck? Why is uh, KH Lee not Tom Kim? Um, the the first person on the board and then Tom Kim gets drafted. It sucks. I've I've heard of other uh, on other podcasts. People talk about going outside of DFS and using those platforms that like fan tracks is the best that's out there. And it's still fucking awful. Can we do something about that? Can, can, 
I first of all, ESPN should just fucking step up and do it. Um, Yahoo used to do it. What, what's their fucking problem then? What? I don't know why they stopped. It, it's actually like interesting because I was listening to uh, a No Laying Up episode where they like, I guess like No Laying Up is 10 years into what they're doing and they were basically okay. like talking about like their whole history or whatever. And they were talking about how they used to be in a fantasy golf league on Yahoo. And I was like, dude, why doesn't Yahoo bring this back? But I'm sure it was just like not worth whatever engineer's time that managed it. Because I bet, like, the only people that were using it were, like, the no laying up guys. And then it would be, like, just them and up. You know, like, I don't think that many people do fantasy golf. I think that's the problem. I think that more people would do it if it was available. But I completely agree with you that it's a very, very small group of people. I think, though, that more people are probably getting into it because of DraftKings and, and, like, gambling. Like, it's just – it's so much more common now. I remember – I was thinking for years, like not, not like forever, but like a couple of years, like, yeah, I'd love to be in a fantasy golf league. And then mm-hmm. finally talked to um, a buddy, Brian, and he told me about his league. That's how I started ours back in 2021 was our first year. Um, and he said, he's been doing one for years. And I was like, I, it just, it, it's, it's unfortunate that um, the platform that we have to use is so shitty, but um, price we pay. It is what it is. Yeah. So um, not not set on the roster sizes here, Kev. I was just doing a little work in the test environment, like I said. But, um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of things I'm I'm contemplating. Um, and Scott Piercy. Scott Piercy's looking good. Four under par. Um, oh, you see, uh, four under par. What do you mean? The last note. There's another stupid thing about. So you click on Scott Piercy, it'll give you a note. The last note is November twentieth. Piercy oh. carded four under sixty six on Sunday. Like cool. I. Um. So I will say. I think your suggestion of combining majors and elevated events. I think that's a great idea. I I see those things as equal, and it, that that's perfect. It's also. Like far less work for you and less calculations or That's whatever. Really, what and then other than that, like I thought la- the way last season ran relative to the other last was last season was season three, right or two? Season three. Season three. I thought last season of the first three was like by far the best in terms of like how the league ran, how the points worked out, all of that kind of stuff. Like I don't think I'd really change a ton. Well. I well, I appreciate the like what I don't know what problems you're trying to solve. Like, I, I think you're, um, like, yeah, I guess I just don't know what problems we're trying to solve. Well, the first problem was we have less people, so I needed to change the dues and I need or I needed to change the payouts for each thing because there's not going to be as much money in the purse and trying to get that to an even number this year or last year. We're, we're gonna have less people this year. Oh, oh. I, I more mean uh, like format of like scoring and stuff. You're the not changing scoring any of categories that. are going to remain the same. Um, yeah, roster size is just one thing that I had thought about. I do think seven's too many, but I don't. I'm not against having a roster size of twelve. If you start six and you have six on your bench, um, I, I would. Yeah, I would be. I guess as you were talking about like your suggestion my main concern was like i think starting an additional person would prove difficult but if we're going to have less people i guess it would kind of even out i'm just thinking like 
sheer like field size and stuff. But I, I think six was like a good number because we used to do five, right? The first year <clears throat> that we did it, we did five. Um, yeah. That year, though, we also had. Uh, well, no, we did five for the first two years, but one of the years we also had 14 people in the league. Um, yeah, so it was we needed to. Well, that shrunk down anyways, but um, yeah. What no, are we going to have this year? About, you're absolutely right, though. Like there were you could. Even if you only had three or four guys starting in, in an event like um if they all made the cut and they were all top 20 and you had maybe a guy that was up towards the top, you'd be fine. Um, it was just those, we saw it a couple times. The person who had the winner um, only had that guy on his team and they didn't win because they got smoked in birdies. They got smoked in, or they didn't have as many in top tens. Like that yeah. I think is just unfortunate, but I mean, I guess it is no different than, what happens in every other fantasy sport you have two guys that go off and then all your studs that should have went off don't and then you lose yeah and honestly that's what i liked about it because year one like if you if you had the guy that won the tournament you won the week and i thought that like i kind of i think it puts more pressure on having a good team versus just having like one really good guy like like you could have one really good guy on your team like that year it was there's a john rom or scott scheffler or whatever and like if you had him like you won every other week but i think it's more important that you have like you picked more correct guys versus like hitting the lottery on one guy when it comes to fantasy because just like you said like yeah like jets d can pop for 45 one week but like if you have some guy that like didn't a couple guys that didn't perform like you're not going to win i think it's more about like fielding a good team yeah oh no you're absolutely right and i I get how you would think that last year was your favorite year. You won seven hundred and seventy-five dollars. Um, well, you won more too. I did too. Well, you won I the whole won, damn thing, didn't you? I've won the whole damn thing the last two years. Um, technically, right. last year I did win twenty dollars more. Twelve eighty last year. Twelve sixty the year before. So twenty-five hundred bucks the last two years running this league. I'd say I'm pretty pleased with it. Um, but make sure you fill that out on your taxes. Yeah. Um, but I was talking to Kenny, uh, this morning about it. Um, and I was like, do you want to do it again? Like I'm reaching out to people cause I've, some people aren't interested and I'm just trying to get a head count. And he's like, ah, oh, this, it's such a fucking crock of shit, but yeah, I'm in. And I was like, no, it is like, if you get like a shitty draft pick or, or you fuck up the draft, like if you fuck up the draft, it is really, really difficult to come back from that. Like, yeah, because it's because people aren't dropping players. You're not. I mean, I don't know. The only way. So you think we should have smaller rosters so people are dropping people? Or no, I don't want to do that because <laughs> I also don't want to like have to manage my fancy golf team. Like I manage a fancy football team. I do no, not want it to take that much fucking time out of my day. Like half the time I forget to like go. Then I'm like, Oh shit, it's Thursday at 10 AM. And I never edited my lineup. Now I have two guys that are starting on my bench. <laughs> yeah. And like, and the waiver is so fucking like you can drop somebody like after the event has started and then like, they won't count for you next week. Like, 
Fantrax is just a little bit funky. I bet if I paid the $100, we could probably edit some of these features, but. Yeah, probably not worth it. But uh, whatever. Um, yeah, so more to come on um, on Fancy Golf, but I'm looking forward to that getting started. Um, you too. Uh, fucking me and Nate had a match on New Year's Day, uh, New Year's night. Um, yep. Against Price and his boy Takis, and holy fuck, dude! I I'm just so aggravated with with fantasy golf, uh, with virtual golf. I couldn't. I feel like I was hitting the ball fine. I was hitting greens. I was, but then I was missing every fucking putt. Like first of all, first issue. It seemed like my proximity to the hole was 32 and a half feet every fucking time. Like every fucking time I was 10 yards off and, uh, you know, 30 feet away on the green. So my first putt uh, and we were playing it. Fuck, where we play? Where was the 2004 Ryder Cup? It was in Scotland. Um, anyways. Bells. Or another of the Bells this year. Um, so we're playing there. Carnoustie? No, it was bring up that AG Royal. Was it Royal something? I feel like it was actually I don't know. Why don't I just look? Um, but while that's loading, um the greens were Royal True. They had so much break to them. Um I was just Was it true, Brian? Oh, Glendale's. Glen Eagles. Oh. Oh. Yeah, Glenn Eagles. Um, but, dude, I will say the data that this thing ends up showing, like, I'll just leave that there. You can look at it. Um, I don't – I didn't put in any of that information. But it knows my first shot would be with a driver. And then it takes the club angle that, like, as I'm standing in front of the ball about to hit it, it knows yeah. that the second shot I hit was with a four iron. And then it tells me how far that four iron went, where it landed on the green – like this it, is the simulator software that knows this yeah yeah um which is why i've never i've never looked at any of this data before but when it had all my shots i was like wait how the fuck do they know what club i'm using but then i'm looking at, i was like yeah that's what club i was definitely using um well with like this one says sand wedge i was definitely using a 52 but same kind of fucking thing yeah they're usually pretty accurate because i i see the same thing on um on the simulator i go to and it's usually like within like one club yeah and it makes sense if you're like if they're taking the angle of the club because when you're hitting on the range you hit a shot it'll show you impact face angle of the club launching like all that data is given to you so they're just putting it onto the onto a mapped out course behind the scenes for you oh uh, mine actually doesn't like yours gives it to you after you hit the ball if you were just at the range like if oh. you like it, 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 in the platform not when you're playing in the round if you when you're playing in the round it just kind of shows you where the ball goes and afterwards it unless you have the settings on it won't show you like spin or anything like that yeah but when you're just in the range after each shot it'll show it'll give you all the numbers and then it'll um show like the launch angle the spin and yeah, yeah. But that's just for because they do lessons there too. But I'm sure that yeah. you know. So uh 
no, really cool, interesting stuff. But we sucked. I shot eight over. Um, and it was with like three. I, I want to say I had five three putt bogeys. Um, just brutal. Like, yeah. Like you're looking at the screen and the break on the greens is like this. Yeah. Like you're I, I tapped one maybe six inches. It went 30 feet and then rolled off the green into a bunker. And like it was, there were things like you're looking around, you're, you're just looking at the people you're playing with. You're like, guys, is this fucking ridiculous or what? And they would say, yeah, and then you hit it and then you get to what is it? Three foot gimmies for the league? Six. Yeah, that's see, that's that's like my that's the one thing I don't like about like playing golf on simulators is the putting. I, I set like well, I know you can't do this for your league, and I'm sure I've talked about this before, but like I set it so that like if you're on the green, it's just like auto gimmies. Like it's either gonna be like an auto two putt or like depending on like right. your proximity, right? Like because right. I just think putting on the simulator is so bogus. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I had a couple that lipped out, and like typically if you ever catch the lip, it just like falls in. But and they were you say they're like, you get lip outs here, bro. I was missing fucking yeah. everything. It was That's so annoying. annoying. Um, I know one of them, I had an approach shot, got it to like six, but it was like six four, so I had to putt it. Fucking missed it. I like I couldn't hit anything. It was it was it was it was pretty shitty. Uh Nate That's frustrating. I think three over, um, which was also wild because I turned to price at one point. I was like, dude. It's nuts how bad like Nate feels like he's shooting. And like I I agree it's not his caliber. He's only like two over par. Yeah. Nate's yeah. really been Mr. Consistent for you, huh? Like I, I feel like he's shot between one and four over every time every yeah. week. Yeah, I mean he he yeah, he he shoots a good ball. Um but we just you know, I, I we definitely won maybe half of the holes gross, but Mike and Talkus were getting a ton of fucking strokies and uh mm-hmm. I, I think price will end up with a net hole in one on one of the fucking holes because he got a birdie on a par three um it's uh so are you like in terms of your individual per- performance here it sounds like it's re- like you're, you're happy with how you're hitting the ball right like it's just really just like around the greens that's giving you some trouble on the simulator yeah and that yeah. really aggravates me because that's like that was like my cheat code before I, I'd be get on the ground like, Oh, 30 feet. That's all right. I'll just make this. Dude, you should honestly pay for an hour at the simulator and just go and putt for an I, hour. I would be dialed in on the simulator. Oh greens. my God. Well, the problem with it is Kev, it's the greens have been so difficult. Like, so two weeks ago, yeah. it was my average distance on the green was like 85 feet away. So yeah. those putts are already impossible. And on this one, it was just the slopes everywhere that like you, you just couldn't control the ball. You try to play the slope, but once it caught the break, you couldn't stop the ball from rolling. And it was right, right. really difficult, but I have been working on my putting at home. I've got the perfect pre- the practice, perfect putting. Mat. I don't fucking know. The one dust yeah. on the box um, yeah. rolls out to nine feet. The perfect putting mat, I think uh, rolls out to nine feet rolls. So smooth. It's got the regular size cup on the left-hand side and then a smaller, a much smaller size cup on the right-hand side to really get yeah. in. There's lines that go up to both of them. Um, and I've just been, I've been rolling putts, um, typically just sitting at the six foot, six to seven foot uh, area and just rolling them in. What I've been really trying to practice on to keep focused besides keeping my head down is that when I, 
fin as I'm coming through my putt and making impact with the ball, I'm trying to make sure that I'm rotating my shoulders. Now, I, okay. I just don't want to be all handsy with, with the putter. I want my body to also move a little bit with that putter shaft to get that ball rolling forward. To So I get that putter, yeah. you know, a couple inches so, off of the ground uh, after I finish my swing. That, I don't want the, the putter to just be right where my front foot is about uh -huh. the height of my front foot. I want, I yeah. want to keep that baby rolling. Yeah, no, and I think that makes sense because – you're basically you're creating like a pendulum from your shoulders versus like your hands or whatever. And I think that makes that's actually like a really good. Like for you specifically, I'm like thinking about like watching you putt and you've always been like a really good putter. Like that's something about your game that's always been really consistent. But I do feel like you've always kind of been like, I don't want to say you slap at the ball, but like you, you're like you've always been kind of like a little bit handsy with your putter. Yeah. Uh, right, I, right. Do you one, agree with that? One thousand percent agree. There have been yeah. times where, the, and this is psychotic. Like if I have a putt that I know is going to, maybe it's only like three feet, four feet, but I know it's going to break pretty sharp to one way. I'll like close yeah. the face of the putter or open the face. Like I work my putter with my hands to like make putts. And oh, weird. I, oh, I do some real weird shit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been working on this stroke and it feels great. They're consistently rolling straight. Um, so nice. I, you know, I, I'm excited to get out there and practice it. And when it gets more, yeah. So what brought this? So I, I want to get into this because I've been doing kind of like some similar stuff on my practice putting mat too. Um, but like, what brought this on? Like, did you like see like a video, or did you just like happen to do it with one stroke? You're like, oh, that feels good, and like you try to well, work on it, or like what brought this like change on for you with the shoulders? Yeah, well, I I'd seen other just watching pro golf, like everyone yeah. does, like every whenever someone putts, you're watching a professional putter. Like if you've got that worm cam right behind, the putter yeah. goes through the ball and goes up. And I remember yeah. being taught in college from our golf coach um who was the baseball coach that you want to use that putter to start the ball to spin forward you don't want to use yeah. the putter to hit the ball and then the ball just bounces off of the putter you want right. to use that putter to roll the ball and you want the ball to be rolling over itself into the hole you don't want you, you'll yeah you don't want to hit the ball you want to stroke your putter right thing. and it, yeah and by doing that rolling it it'll get it'll make sure you're going to get to the back of the cup. You don't want to leave putts short. You're, you're, yeah. You can't make any putts that don't get to the hole. Um, so I yeah. think it's just being let. Yeah. I, I definitely would say that I would just kind of like hit it. Like, I don't know. Like, uh, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but yeah, I, I didn't have like a putting swing. It was, I would just go up and putt it. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And, and I think it makes sense. Like if you have like a consistent stroke and you just change like your starting line, I think it allows you to hit the ball in the same way every single time. So you'll have more consistency versus like what it sounds like apparently you were doing is like you were trying to put some English on your butts or something. Well, but... there'd be some times that I, I'd put a little work on them, but yeah. for the most part, it was I also like anything with golf, if you feel confident in it, it's it's not that hard to do. Dude, I, so a hundred, hundred percent. And that's where I, I, I would feel confident with an eight foot putt. I'd be like, all right, no problem. 
Um, I think putting more than anything, that's the case too. Like if you, if you're doing something that like feels right to you and like gives you confidence, I think like having confidence around the greens is like so key to being a good putter. Yeah, absolutely. And just hitting the ball, like I'm getting so much gratification out of watching this ball roll over itself just in the in the center of this line on this mat there there are some where I'm, I'm getting it a little left it still finds the hole but just knowing that I'm putting the ball straight is just it it's such a confidence booster because I will also say this year I probably missed like a dozen three-foot putts that were just right there maybe even closer than three-foot putts like just walking up not thinking about it, and then like pushing it or pulling it and I'm like what the fuck like dude i so exact same thing for me i've talked about my putting woes over the last year or two uh here on the podcast and with you plenty of times and i'm I'm not doing the same thing you are like with the shoulders but like i've obviously been doing a lot of work on the on the birdie ball um real quick back to the speed thing what i love about the birdie ball putting max is that all the holes are like one foot from the end so like when you're working on your speed you can kind of be like i want to like if I miss the putt, I want it to get past the hole, but not hit that back thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like working on like speed that way, but um, I've been doing, obviously I changed my grip, but I've also been doing a little bit of like a forward press with my putter before I, I hit my putts. Do you ever do that at all? Um, I don't, but I see Jordan Spieth do it. Yeah. I, I don't know what made me try. I think I might've been listening to a podcast or something, but like for whatever reason, that's been helping me a ton with getting it started on on the proper line and not like rolling over the putter face or keeping it open or whatever. I'm not telling you to do this. It sounds like you have something that's working for you. So stick with that. But like, it's just interesting how I think that's one of these big benefits of having these indoor putting mats though. It's like, you're hitting so many putts. Like you start to like, you give your chance self a chance to experiment with stuff and you find stuff that like works for you individually. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, rolling more putts. <clears throat> Hell yeah! I uh, I'm looking for. I just booked a. Uh, I booked myself a tea time for next Friday afternoon when I get into Scottsdale. Um, little change of plans. I was going to go play at Papago, but I'm playing at uh, Silverado now, which is actually supposed to be a, a nicer course. Um, and I was texting my buddy. He said it's actually a really good warm up round, like a little bit of an easier course, a little bit shorter too. So it'll be nice because I haven't hit a ball outside in months. And I don't, I have this like doubt in the back of my head that like I've been hitting a consistent like fade on the simulator. And I just feel like I'm going to go out there and the ball's not going to be traveling the way it is at the simulator. Yeah. But, for some, yeah. No, for some reason, like, some of my shots, like I'm drawing on the simulator and I'm like, my, see how open my foot is? There's no way there's a draw. Um, yeah. I don't know. Some crazy shit happens with technology, but, uh, yeah. Um, I dude. I, so I actually, I found out about this like last week, the guy, the, the pro, the guy I got my lessons from is basically the pro that owns the simulator business. So like, I, I see him there like probably half the time that I go in and, he told me that a couple of the bays have this feature. I think it's called GS Pro. And it's kind of similar to I've heard of people doing like the Trackman Combine. No. Okay. Well, basically the Trackman Combine is like you're on a range and it will give you like 
a number that you have to hit to and it randomizes it and it keeps giving you all these different numbers. And then it, once you get to the end of it, it like gives you a score or whatever. Um, so they have something similar. So like it puts you on this range and it's like you're hitting into greens versus hitting into just like an open field of rough or whatever. So you get to see like that kind of stuff. And like, you know, like your first three balls that you're hitting at 60 yards then you're hitting at 120 yards and you're hitting 180 yards. like it just randomizes and you're hitting drivers. So that's actually been, I've been doing that the last couple of times I've went into because that's been fun to do because a for like getting my distances down, but it also allows me to like work on like all different clubs in the bag, but also like hitting to a specific number. Oh so, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's been, it's been nice. Um, but yeah, I'm just living that sim life, baby. Living so in a can, virtual world. All I can do right now, unfortunately work on the grind at home. Yeah. Try, try to, uh, do what we can virtually. And, uh, also need to lock up this uh lock up this fantasy league so we can uh we can get it rolling. Yeah, we're probably gonna be drafting in the next few weeks here. Definitely. We're gonna have to be. First tournaments in less than four weeks. Well, I'll start working on my draft strategy. Uh, you, you don't have a strategy. You're taking Wyndham right. Clark with your first pick. Um oh. No, I have I have some guys in the back of my mind I want. If you're the tenth overall pick and Wyndham Clark is available, are you taking him? Mm. Hold on, I no. get it. You'll have ten and eleven turn, but would you take him at eleven then, knowing that you definitely wouldn't get him when it got no, back to you? I, I think that's a reach for Wyndham, because I think the thing for Wyndham too, like last year, I think he was a really good asset because he played a ton of tournaments. I feel like he's kind of made a little bit of a jump, so he'll probably be able to be more selective and not play as many tournaments. Okay, all right. He's Which is a factor you, when you're... You you heard it here first. He's fading Wyndham Clark. His boy! If I have the 10-11, I don't think Wyndham Clark is going to be on my team because he's not a 10-11 pick, I don't think, but he's also not like a 29-30, you know? Yeah. Would we agree Scheffler would be number one? I would I would say so. I'm trying to like think of who else would even be an option. Like now that Rom's gone, right. I think it has to be Scheffler. I think Rory is probably up there. Yeah. There's no, a I couple agree. guys that I'm kind of curious to see where they go. Um oh like, same here. I mean, we can talk about this, I guess, but like Will Zalatoris, for example, I'm kind of curious to see where he gets drafted with the comeback year. Ludwig, I'm curious to see where he goes after last year. Um, like he, people, I don't know, I could see him going like way too early kind of thing, or I could see him going too late too. I don't know. Uh, I like, honestly like him that 10 11 spot. I, I yeah, see I, him I, going, think... getting drafted too early. And I'm not yeah. saying that he can't, like, it wouldn't work out. I'm just saying with the coverage that this kid has gotten in the past six months, I think he's going to probably go like in the second round. And Dude, I don't, honestly, I might, I don't see him. I might see him going like in the middle of the first round. Like, that, I don't think that's a good pick, but yeah. I think that could, like, I think at like 10, 11, like, I think he would be a good, like 11 pick, I think, but I, don't I I don't I can see him not getting there yeah it's it's tough I mean I I mean yeah it's all it, it would just be tough I mean having the 
Coming. Let me ask you this: right. Ludwig or Spieth? See, that's that's a very fair question. I think because of and I I can see Spieth going in the first round. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's a see. Very... That's like an interesting. All right, that's all right. Say it, Ludwig or Justin Thomas. I would. I think I would take the upside of Ludwig versus banking on Thomas's comeback. Yeah, but I also think I Thomas disagree. is a guy that's go. I think it, Thomas is a guy that's also probably going to go too early. Oh, do you? I think whoever had him last year would have. Like I, I feel like everyone still knows how shitty he was last year. Yeah, but I, I also think he's a guy that shouldn't get packed picked past the second round. You know, like I don't think I, I think. I don't think he does worse than he did last year. Fucking hope not. Um, that's a, that's a good one though. Like so, like, I mean, we're taking Spieth over Thomas, obviously, but like, yeah. like I think Spieth is a kid that Ricky is a guy Fowler that's going to be Justin Thomas. See, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a really fucking good one. I think they're both like, would you say like between fifteen and twenty? Yeah. Um I I think they're close. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think they're close. Um it's just it's wild how much a year changes things. Like you Yeah. Justin Thomas last year was probably a top five pick, maybe. No? Maybe. So here here we go. I either of those two or Wyndham Clark. Oh, wait, my options are Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, or Wyndham Clark. I. It's so crazy to think that Wyndham Clark has more upside, dude. I. I know. I have a tough time with that. That's um. That's pretty nuts. I'm going to look last year at our draft. I'm just curious. Draft results. Um, Thomas I think went I think speed at like nine. Yeah, and I think that's a good pick for last year. But based off this year, like, I don't know. Well, all right. Let, we can also use this a little bit of information. Yeah. Because who was the 20th pick last year? The 20th pick, uh, 11. Well, we had 11 people on. Well, Wyndham Clark. Uh, Cam Smith. That doesn't count. Jack didn't. Oh, that doesn't count. Yeah. Who was 20? Um, then you took Jordan Spieth. Um, oh, I'm sorry. No. Jordan Spieth. No. I took him nine. The I think. 13th overall pick. You took Victor Hovland. With, oh. the, with the 10th pick, then 11, 12, 13 was Justin, uh, Jordan Spieth. 20 was Corey Connors. And then Tom Kim. Mm. I took Thagala at 22. Okay. So Thagala? I feel like there's so many I players would take, we're not thinking about. Like, how good are we take Thagala to... over all those people we just talked about? Right? 100%. Yeah. Because he's also a guy that plays a lot. He sure does, and he's he's a like he's a good person. He's got a great 
mindset. He's fun to root for, which is like a factor you shouldn't take into account, but you do. Yeah, he he'll he'll really cause you gray hairs betting on him because this motherfucker. He'll be like, well, I only. I'm clear of the cut by one. We're on the last hole, but why don't I just try to hit it over that pond and those yeah. trees with this driver? And oh shit, I didn't make the cut this weekend. Yeah. So if Scotty's number one, like I know who I think the number two pick would be for this year, but who who do you think it would? I have a feeling we're going to think the same person, but who do you think? So I guess there's really like three guys that I think of as the top I, three. I, so the I could I could answer that question better that way. I am confident saying the top three are Scheffler, Hovland, and McElroy. I'm yeah. not sure who is who is going to have a better season. Like Rory is on a Rory is three. Yeah, I might put Rory at three personally. And you know that I, I don't think you're going to go wrong with any. Th- of those guys on your team. Agreed. Yeah. Um, you know, who's an interesting person to talk about for this year too, is Keegan Bradley, because I think he like far outperformed last year from where he was the year prior. And I'm kind of curious to see if he continues that or kind of falls off a bit. I know there's because so- like, and I think the Ryder Cup has a lot to do with it because I feel like he felt like he had the best season of his career, which like maybe not the best season of his career. And I think he really thought he was going to end up on that Ryder Cup team. And I'm wondering if not getting on that team, like really, like it could really motivate him or it could just like really like ruin him confidence wise. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I I mean, I, I, I don't believe that that was his last opportunity. Um, I think that he no. is one of the favorites um to be selected for beth page um in 2025 and obviously outside of the automatic picks um that's someone that the united states is gonna want on their squad when they're going through long island new york i, I think being, in the, being from the northeast is an aspect of that too right absolutely um, um hmm. it'll be wild um yeah, it's there's so many players, and I feel like, and I I love that you and I have both been bringing these up. Ironically, a lot of these players, the Gala, Bradley, Rory, Fowler, Fleetwood, they were all on my fantasy team last year. They all showed really? up in their own way and helped me bring it home. Um, okay, here let's do this before we sign off, Brian. Let's walk through the top ten picks from last year, excluding anybody that's now on live or was on live. And we'll say if we think they're going to get picked better or worse than they did last year. Do you want to do that? Sure. Okay. All right. Or um, the same. What? Or the same, obviously. But All right. So Rory went, Rory went number one. Yeah, I think he'll get picked. I don't think he'll get picked number one this year. Agreed. John Rahm went two. He's not involved. Uh, Scotty mm-hmm. Scheffler went number three. Yeah, we both think he's going to go one. Yep. And I would also say... I thought last year that Rory, Rahm, and Scheffler were kind of interchangeable at the one spot. Yeah, I think but, very similar to this year with what's going on. Um, Patrick Cantlay went number four. I think he could go. He might. I think he could go there. I think he might go exactly there, yeah. Four um, or five, I guess. But no, no, I think four makes sense, yeah. See, 
uh, five, Xander Shoffley. I I would probably call them interchangeable. I think those guys are like tier one A. Yeah. Um, six was Justin Thomas. I do not think oh. he'll get drafted that high. I don't think he'll get drafted in the first. I think he, I see him going like back end of round two. Um, number seven was Matt Fitzpatrick. I don't I think, think later. I think he'll go later. Yep. I agree. Um, number that eight, wasn't it. That's the first one I had to think about though. Number eight, Max Homa. Hmm. I think eight's really good, but I can see him going sooner. Like I can see him going like six, seven, but I think eight's pretty, pretty good spot. Yeah. I don't disagree with you that because he's a, a fan favorite. I don't think his value. I, I think I need to see it from, from, I don't think he realized his value with the eighth pick last year. No, no, but I think he has the opportunity to. Yeah. That's a, I just don't see him getting picked after eight. No, Maybe. He's, a boy, he's a hot name. It's, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, so ninth pick was Will Zalatoris. Wait, really? Was so he was not in, he wasn't injured already? That was Jack. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was already injured. So let's just skip that. Um, we'll pretend that Jack didn't pick, and there were 11 picks in the first round. So we'll go through, yeah, 10. Um, at 10, you took wow, you fucking lucked out with picking Victor Hovland when he picked Will Zalatoris, huh? Yeah. Um, uh, Hovland will go higher than that. He'll, he'll, he'll go, yeah, he'll go higher. Um, and then number 11 was Sung JM, uh, which I think I don't think he'll go that fast. No, I I don't think it's an, a horrible pick. Um, and Nelly picked him. I know the reason why Nelly picked him. Um, Sung JM historically Place. plays in fucking everything that, yeah, drastically dropped. Um, but, but drastically dropped. He, he doesn't play in 40 events anymore. Now he plays in like 38. 20. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I know. but I think that's where he went there. So, um, and then let me just give you the last five. Um, and then it was Finau, Spieth, Sam Burns, and Colin Morikawa. I, um, I, I think all of those guys are drafted pretty appropriately. Finau might go later. I'm so, so Speed, Sam Burns, and who was the other? Morikawa. I think I would draft all three of them before Tony Finau, the Storm, and Mormon. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. We've got it's yeah. gonna be fun, and the draft is fun because you're you've always got your guys picked out on the side, and then somebody grabs them, and then you're like, "Fuck you!" And then like in the back yeah. of your head, you're like, "I'm the commissioner. I could just undo that pick." And, and and you know you we know. always do the Zoom call too. That's always fun. It's a lot. It's fun for the people that join. Um, yeah, it's fun for those who participate. So um, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, me too. That's all I got. That's all I got. As uh, this has been a, a productive week on life in the rough, fantasy simulator, putting, you name it, we did it. Um, uh, but well, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll catch you guys uh, at another time. I'm Kevin O'Coin. And I'm Brian Ackley. This has been another episode of Life in the Rough, the podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you next week. See you. Peace.